Welcome to See and Free Studio. This is the place where you come to discover what makes you unique, special, and different. That thing that drives you, that propels you forward in good times and bad. And sometimes we uncover our USD in times of transition or in high stakes situations. And our guest today knows both very well. Rome Ruiz, uh, Captain Rome Ruiz is a San Antonio native. Uh, just, uh, he grew up not too far from where I did in Texas. He's a decorated senior executive military officer with 28 years of experience. He's led $6 billion worth of strategic and crisis organizations of elite sailors and Marines while taking care of their families back home. He has successfully navigated some of the most stressful times and environments throughout the world, including a home full of females. He's got a wife, Hillary, and, th and four daughters. Rome is preparing for a transition to civilian life in a few months, and I can't wait to hear how his USD will guide him through this transition. Please welcome Rome Ruiz. Hey, thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. It's, it's an honor to be here, and thank you for the invite. Yes, thank you. And, and Rome, you and I met uh, a couple years ago down in San Diego at the Naval Base, and uh, you gave us a tour of the Naval Base and the aircraft carrier, and it was wonderful to see the environment that you've spent the last, uh, I guess, 28 plus years in. Uh, you wanna tell everybody what you're doing these days and uh, up there in DC? Well, so uh, I actually just turned over my, my recent job here. Uh, and I'm preparing to transition out of the military, uh, and which would mean really retirement. Uh, and and for a couple of reasons, one is uh, I've missed way too many birthdays and anniversaries. And so uh, my wife Hillary, I think it's probably time to start enjoying those more. Uh, and then the other is is I've I felt like I've made quite a bit of difference in the military, and uh, now I feel that uh, that I want to make a big difference in the civilian world. And so uh, so we're looking forward to that. Yes, and I think you will. I mean, you know, as you're preparing for this transition and thinking about, uh, you know, what makes you unique, special, and different, and how you're going to carry that forward, uh, what do you think that is? Well, I, I think that uh, maybe it started in probably an early age, but uh, I think being comfortable, being uncomfortable, uh, has been something that uh, I've been used to. Uh, for a long time, and and whether that's been in environments that have been very challenging, and uh, and feeling at, at home in those environments uh, has been something I think that has helped me, you know, be successful and help the team uh, be successful. Uh, and I think that that'll carry on into uh, into the next chapter, and uh, whether that's with my family and being uncomfortable doing something. Uh, or being comfortable doing un, you know, un, something uncomfortable uh, as you know, going out to the civilian world is uh, something that we really look forward to. Yeah, and I've met your family and um, I think you will definitely have lots to enjoy. Your girls are amazing and they um, have such amazing energy and Hillary as well. Uh, so, you know, as you think about this next step, uh, you know, what are you, how do you want to, to bring that that comfort with the uncomfortable uh, to life in, in your next steps? I think that, you know, I've, I've learned a lot, uh, particularly when I've, I've, you know, been in uncomfortable situations. And, uh, and I think that, you know, as I've, you know, tried to raise, you know, four daughters and, and having them kind of find themselves and, 
being, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable amongst themselves, uh, especially since, you know, we've, they've been just doing it for so long. You know, we've moved 18 times in the last, you know, 28 years. And so going into different environments uh, and thriving in those environments have been, uh, have been really great watching, you know, watching them do that. Uh, I think what it does, what it provides is, is it provides opportunity to grow uh, as they get put into different environments and, and they just kind of have to figure those things out and, uh, and they've got to use a lot of different tools that they've, they've, uh, learned to have, you know, over the years. And, um, and whether that's, you know, whether that's just being, uh, learning to put themselves out there and communicate with folks, uh, particularly in different countries where they, you know, can't speak the language, uh, different environments, whether it be in the ocean or in the middle of the U S or, or whatnot. Uh, it's been just awesome seeing that. I, I think the other part of this is, is, you know, the, the military piece of it, uh, and these, these stressful situations, uh, I think that there's uh, a lot of opportunity, uh, to really just impart on folks, uh, what I've learned throughout, you know, throughout the years in life and death situations. Uh, and, and I think that that's probably been the most uncomfortable piece is being put in those situations and, and having to persevere through those. And, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it, it eventually works itself out. It might not work itself out the way you want it to, but I think that's kind of what gives, you know, me solace and comfort in it that, uh, you know, those situations are going to work themselves out uh, regardless, but, you know, we want to shape and influence those as much as we can. Is there anything that you've, you know, access uh, inside yourself or something you say to yourself or do when you're in those moments to help you find that resolve and find that comfort in, in some pretty high stress situations? Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've thought about it, I, especially after those circumstances. I, I have uh, one of the things that I do with my teams is, you know, we talk through those situations and we learn as much as we can. I, I also do a lot of self and, you know, self-reflection, uh, after those particular situations and whether it's in my cabin, you know, in, in my captain's cabin or whether it's out on, uh, you know, outside on the, outside the ship when it's calm, finally, uh, you know, I, I think that what I've found is there's commonality with a number of things that keep, that can keep you calm. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, there's, there is, um, there, there is listening, uh, a lot of listening that goes on uh, during these situations. Uh, there's sensing that goes on. You kind of look at the environment and you get a sense of you know, what things are developing. Um, you know, there, there is, uh, you know, there's, there's a confidence piece to this coming up. You, you need to, as a leader, be able to come up into these situations, and people need to. I feel need to feel like uh, someone is in charge, uh, but that they have a voice. So there's some approachability there so that they, they can relay how they feel about things. Um, and uh, so all those things kind of come together uh, in order to get through those uncomfortable situations. Um, but I, I think it's just also a little bit of humor. Uh, some people probably that I've led have said, you know, maybe have thought to themselves, is this the perfect time to be joking about something? Uh, I wouldn't say joking. It certainly depends on the situation, but uh, I think there's some levity be, to be had and to calm people down as uh, they you know, deal with these stressful situations. 
Yeah, we had a, a previous guest, uh, Aviva. She's a celebrity stylist, and <laughs> she was talking a little bit about that too, how she brings levity to her job because it's such a serious profession, uh, and right. people take it very seriously, and she brings that levity. And it's good to hear you echo that, that, you know, so, somebody obviously uh, of your leadership uh, of such a, what could be a very serious situation and serious role, um, bringing a little bit of levity to that um, and, and listening. And I, I like to uh, hear a little bit more about that. Is there anyone in your, from your perspective that you listened to or that you admire um, that kind of helped you become a, a better leader? I think that there's probably a number of folks and it's just kind of compounded throughout the years. Um, you know, my, my parents, uh, and, and just, you know, their way of raising me, uh, to be, to be independent, uh, and, and to also be accountable, uh, and responsible for, for the things that I've done, you know, whether as a, as a child, uh, and even as an adult, and uh, and then you know of course my spouse you know with Hillary uh, you know she she is as you very well know um, she is you know she balances me out very well and is a great sounding board um, but I, I think that you know family has a huge part in you know the development of uh, you know particularly with me throughout the years and then you know as I think through professionally I've had a number of, of mentors. Uh, throughout the years, and um, and some of them have been senior officers, and some of them have been junior subordinates that I've learned from. Uh, and I think that you know a number of folks might think that hey, I'm getting, I'm going to get a lot of out of the folks that have been through a lot of things already. Uh, you know, for example, senior leaders, but there's so much to get from the junior folks as well, and to kind of hear them and how what their perspective is. And I and I think that's really been the the fun part of of this is I've developed. Uh, you know, throughout the years, uh, you know, it's easy to go ask for help from from the senior folks because you, you look up to them. But I also look up to to my kids, and I look up to those uh, junior subordinates who uh, you know who might have life a lot harder than me or think that they do. And and being able to listen to them and learn from them, uh, I think, is just as important. Yeah. And uh, and they need you. They need you to listen to them. And uh, and I, you know, I think more. I, one of the things we've heard from a lot of leaders that have already come on the show is how important listening is um, and learning from from everyone around you. Uh, and I, I'm assuming that especially in situations you found yourself in, it's particularly helpful. Rome, can you tell me a time, you know, when uh, you, you found yourself challenged or facing a, a big decision or circumstance and you were able to lean on your USD? Uh, I, I think that uh, one, one that comes to mind that, uh, you know, I, I think quite often about particularly is, uh, you know, is there's just a lot of, of need throughout the world uh, right now is um, I, I was... Uh, I was captain of a of a ship out in the Persian Gulf, and um, had a great crew doing great things out there. Uh, but it's a pretty tense environment, and um, and so we had we were driving. My ship was driving by a fisherman that we had seen, and he, you know, the, the water was just completely glass. There was no wind, uh, and he was just kind of sitting there. And uh, and it was a little odd because you know usually the fishermen are pretty active out there and. 
and uh, there was just nobody out on deck. And then all of a sudden, um, as we got a little closer, and, and at that at that point in time, uh, there was a lot of tension with suicide boats uh, out there. So, you know, there were there were directives and stuff about being cautious on on you know any sort of suspicious looking boat. So everything we saw out there seemed to be suspicious, you know. And and uh, but this particular one. Uh, you know, we went up, we came along, you know, not alongside of it, but probably a few hundred yards away. And uh, this fisherman comes out and he's holding a, uh, an individual, like a young man, and he was just completely limp and, um, and is holding up. And, and as we, you know, as I'm looking through my binoculars, you know, the, the gentleman's screaming and crying. And so uh, we weren't sure if he was luring us to come closer or if it in fact was a, was a, you know, a medical emergency. And uh, so I had to do some quick thinking. Um, you know, a lot of my, my leaders on the, on the ship were advising, you know, hey, I, I think we should call it in, but not get too close. And, uh, and of course, it's summertime out there and it's, you know, 120 degrees. And so uh, I made the decision to send my medical team uh, over there and you know, put them putting our sailors at risk. Uh, but uh, one of the things that a captain is charged with is uh, providing assistance at sea. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, we had to balance the dangers of, of being out in that environment with my responsibilities as a captain, uh, to, to make sure that we're, you know, providing rescue or, or assistance when needed. And, uh, so we put a boat in the water, we sent a medical team with our doc over there and, uh, come to find out that individual was completely dehydrated, was on the verge of dying. Uh, they had no, you know, water on boat, on the boat, no fuel. They were out there stranded. Um, no food. And so, uh, we, we took care of that individual, got an IV in them and, uh, and were able to point them in the right direction once we provided fuel and water to them. And so, you know, the situation could have gone a totally different way, uh, took some risk. Um, but you know, as a, as a captain of the ship, you, you manage risk and, uh, and that one was worth managing. Our sailors were super proud to, to help. Uh, and, uh, and, and it just brings some, you know, some reality to the humanity of, of being able to do those things um, and do the right things, you know, even when the circumstances might dictate otherwise. Yeah, I thank you for sharing that story and, and thank you for saving saving that man. And uh, it just, it, it reinforces the importance of leaning on your humanity in those moments. And, and like you said, your unique, special and different being, you know, being uncomfortable and in, to you know, go into those uncomfortable situations, you do have to take risks, and uh, a testament to your leadership and to your teams for for doing that and, and saving a life. So thank uh, you. It was, it was great. As you think about what you uh, what you expect to learn from your daughters in the in the next coming years, as you have a little bit more time at home, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think yeah. that's going to be like? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that you have boys and, uh, you know, boys and, and, uh, the boys and the girls are, you know, can be two different things, but, uh, I've, I've learned, um, I've learned a lot about patience, um, and, uh, and patience in different ways, uh, patience and watching them develop and, and me not jumping too quickly into their lives and letting them learn, uh, through, through their success and through their, you know, through their challenging times. Uh, and you know, you got to let them fall sometimes. And, and I always tell them, I said, look, you know, there's, you know, there's toughness and there's resiliency and, uh, 
you know, and I, and I try to explain a little bit of the difference when I say, Hey, if you're resilient, you know, you, you, you know, you fall down and you get back up, you know, if you're tough, you know, you can take a punch. You don't necessarily fall down. You can kind of take a punch and, and get back after it. And sometimes, you know, you just don't, can't fall down can't afford to fall down. You just gotta, gotta get through it. And, uh, and so, so with, but with the girls, you know, it's, it can be, it can be different. It's made me find my more, uh, um, sensitive side, uh, perhaps. And I think that that's helped me a lot as, uh, as a leader. Um, but just watching them grow and, and, uh, and experience all the different things that they're going through has been, been great. And, uh, and then just keeping me accountable, uh, for, you know, for, uh, as a, as a parent and making sure that, you know, they're, they're going to be responsible adults and, and ultimately I hope serve others well, uh, in their life. Yes, uh, we were just talking about that, about uh, what we, how our kids hold us accountable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I too am learning patience. Uh, we, yeah. I, you, had, you said I have the boys, and you've met my boys, uh, and uh, boys and girls are different. You know, you, you just, we're learning a lot about them as they're growing up, and uh, I, I love that kids do that for us. They keep us humble, <laughs> they keep it real, um, and they oh, keep us on top of our toes, um, which is great. Um, well, this is a part of the show where I like to ask a random question. And the cool thing about this is that uh, you get to pick a number and whatever number you choose is what question I will ask. Right. So a number between one and 25. Okay. Uh, I think I'll pick four, the number four. Ooh, love it. Okay, this is, this is a good one. I like this one. What <laughs> was once a no that you now know was the yes in your life? So what was a time that felt like a no that now you you say yes to? Uh, wow. Well, I think, uh, you know, what what uh, and I'll kind of bring this back to uh, you know, our, my professional from a professional standpoint is, um, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned before was being comfortable and then being uncomfortable. I've been comfortable being a military officer and, and serving our great country for, for years. And, uh, and that's been great. And there's been times throughout, you know, my career that I've, you know, thought about, uh, either retiring or getting out. Uh, and maybe that's been almost every year. I, I don't know, but, um, uh, you know, there's been really hard times and, and, you know, whether it be deployments and those type of things, that uh, really reset me on whether I want to, wanted to continue or not. And so, but ultimately it came down to a no at those particular moments and that I wanted to continue serving our country and, uh, and I knew the sacrifices that were going to be in place uh, you know, with the family. And so, uh, so it's been quite a no for the last 28 years. And uh, just recently it, it just, uh, it just came, you know, to the point where, uh, nothing in particular that's stressed us as a family. It just felt right to be able to say yes, that yes, it's time to retire. Yes, it's time to make a difference in a different organization. Yes, it's time to be uncomfortable again, uh, going out and from our comfort zone of the military and, and service to a different service or a different organization. So I, I think that this has been really, a, a you know, within the past couple of months, an inflection point for, for our family and particularly for me. Uh, to get out of my comfort zone and and uh, and and to pursue a different career. 
Yes, well, and I think, you know, with everything you've learned and, and, and done for our country, uh, we will only benefit even more from, from having you uh, working in, in different organizations and helping us all learn about leadership uh, and, and how to get uncomfortable uh, and, and push ourselves to be better. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you're gonna do next and, and, and being a part of that. Uh, one of the things, though, you are still doing is supporting uh, military families, and, and one of them, uh, the organizations you're supporting is the Navy and Marine Corps Relief Society. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, so the Navy and Marine Corps Relief Society is a, is a nonprofit organization that's been around for, for quite a while, um, and a little bit of the history behind it is uh, when when our nation was just uh, you know coming into being and we stood up a navy, uh, you know the country really couldn't pay for benefits and all the things that we have you know today, and so you know even at an early stage, even though it wasn't a society yet, there was there was uh, opportunity there to help our service members, and it's just kind of developed throughout the years, um, and and what this particular organization does is it provides financial assistance and education to our sailors, our Marines, uh, widows, widowers, um, survivors. And, uh, and what I really like about it is uh, it's something that I've contributed to for years. The sailors and the Marines contribute to it uh, as well um, and because they see the value in it. And, uh, you know, not only do you get a, you know, can a service member or somebody get financial assistance, uh, whether it be through maybe they've got emergency leave they need to take, uh, maybe they're deployed and they need to get back home and the military doesn't pay for that person to come back home necessarily. Um, and so, you know, they, maybe it's an unplanned financial burden, um, but, uh, you know, there's grants, there's there's uh, uh, loans, you know, no, uh, no interest loans, those type of things. But the other piece that I really enjoy is that they do a lot of financial counseling and teaching sailors and Marines and, and families to be more responsible with their finances so that they can't, they don't, they, so they don't put themselves in those positions. And, uh, and I think that that is uh, something that I've seen throughout the many years that I've been in command where, uh, you know, there's just a lack of education for a lot of our junior folks coming from high school, uh, college or whatever, and they just haven't had that counseling to to really make sure that they're taking care of themselves later. And so that's another big part of the Marine Corps, Navy Marine Corps Society is, is that education piece. But, uh, you know, the immediate needs of families being met uh, in emergencies is they're always available uh, through the Navy Marine Corps Society. And I, and I really uh, admire the work that they do for, um, for our young sailors and Marines. Well, it sounds like a great organization, and I, you know, I didn't know much about the history of it, so thank you for educating us and letting yeah. us know all the great work they're doing. I'm going to ask viewers, please, to support uh, the society and, and help our military family members, uh, you know, with everything, it sounds like, you know, uh, that they need uh, to keep going and keep protecting our, our country. Uh, so please, uh, you'll see again at the end of the show, uh, the QR code, you just have to take your phone, take a picture, and it'll take you right to the site so that you can donate to this organization and raise your awareness and share it with others. And Rome, I I'm glad uh, that you have served our country, uh, and I'm glad that you're gonna get to spend more time with your family uh, and uh, your beautiful girls and, and Hillary. 
and I, I want to wish you well, and, uh, and I'm so excited, like I said, to see what you do next, and, and uh, let me know if there's anything I can do to make that happen so that we can bring more of you to the rest of the world. I really appreciate it, Jen. Thank you. It's, it's been an honor, and uh, you know, I'm just so excited to, to see you know, your sabbatical and the thoughts that you've been doing over the you know, last uh, year and what you're doing now to, to really uh, shine a light on, on things that are super important and, uh, and, and to reach out to, to folks that uh, maybe find themselves in a really tough spot or trying to figure out what they want to do. And, and I think this is a really valid effort to, to you know, promote that. So thank you for everything that you and your family have done too. Thank you. And thanks, thanks for your inspiration. And I know uh, it will help many of our viewers who are, are trying to find that thing within themselves right now, uh, that source of resilience, as you talked about. Uh, and so with that, you know, this is uh, the end of our show. I want to thank everyone for watching See and Free Studio. You can always find us at seeandfreestudio.com on YouTube or LinkedIn. Uh, we want to see you every week uh, meeting amazing guests like Rome Ruiz and, uh, and others. So please come back and see us.